0: Welcome to Let's Chat, an ongoing conversation with youth workers and leaders about student ministry and whatever else we end up talking about. Thanks for joining us. Today's episode will be a conversation about women in ministry and how to identify and encourage and empower female students entrusted to us and the women we serve alongside as they explore and navigate their call to ministry. I'm your host, J.M. McGinnis, and today I am thrilled to be joined by Hannah Beers, pastor to youth and families at Olathe College Church of the Nazarene in Olathe, Kansas. Say hi, Hannah.
1: Hey, it's good to see you guys today. Oh, good to hear you guys
0: today. (laughs) Right, well, we can see each other. So this is brought to you via Zoom. So uh, we can see each other. But for those of you who who can't see us, I also would love to welcome Miss Jen Willard, friend of the show, uh, pastor to students at Crossroads Church of the Nazarene in Ellicott City, Maryland, editor of the NYI USA Canada blog, coach for Fuller Institute. Say hi, Jen. Hello. Speaking of Fuller, we have and are honored to present with to you and for you, Dr. Kara Powell, Executive Director, Fuller Youth Institute at Fuller Theological Seminary, and Chief of Leadership Formation at Fuller Seminary, author or co-author of dozens of books, including Three Big Questions that Change Every Teenager, just came out. Am I, not, am I right?
2: That's right, in August.
0: Three Big Questions okay. that Shape Your Future, a 60-day exploration of who you were made to be, faith in an anxious world, growing with, growing young, essential leadership, training on-ramps for the youth ministry team, deep ministry in a shallow world, help, I'm a woman in ministry. Dr. Powell is also a regular speaker, and that's just like 10 of the 550 (laughs) books that Kara has contributed to the youth ministry zeitgeist, so thank you so much, Kara. She speaks at the National Youth Workers Convention, Orange Conference, Simply Youth Ministry Conference, as well as retreats and conferences around the country. Dr. Kara Powell, thanks so much for joining us.
2: Oh, it's my pleasure and honor, and nice use of the word zeitgeist there, JM. You are setting the bar high for us here to have a really good conversation.
0: I'm dropping the 25 cent words right off. SAT words to be mm-hmm. sure. Well, don't expect any more of those, but we've got them. We got that one in, in the bag. But today I'm really excited because on, on this episode, we're really going to be asking, and just so that you who out there who are listening, you understand where we're headed, how can youth workers advocate for and empower young men, women and adult women, even as they pursue their call in ministry? What does it look like to make room at the table or even stand up and change tables in an effort to send a clear and unequivocal message of welcome and partnership and ministry because this is a conversation that is not just coming it is like in full bloom it's really cool that that at our last leadership conference uh, in our particular domination looking around the room it was a 50/50 split it was and that wasn't that way five even four years ago um, So I'm excited to hear from you guys and hear your experience. Can we start there? Uh, Just to, I'd love to hear more about your experiences as women in ministry. Kara, would you be willing to start that?
2: Sure, I'm, I'm definitely the oldest person on this conversation, so I've got more experience from which to draw, so I'm happy to go first.
0: Veteran, that's what
2: we like to Well, uh, oh, thank you. That's a good way of saying it. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Jam. Um, you know, honestly, I-, I have had very positive experiences as a woman in youth ministry. I'm also part of a denomination, the Assemblies of God, that is very pro-women, very egalitarian, um, I think living in Southern California and, and California, so much of my ministry life, there's also a real openness to women in leadership there. And yet, and yet, <laughs> even even with all of those blessings, uh, advantages, etc., I've never had a woman boss all mm. of my supervisors have mm. been men. They've all been very encouraging of me and actually made sacrifices for me. Mm. They have said, why don't you have Kara speak at this instead of me? So so I've had men who've been amazing supervisors and they've, they've been all men. Um, and I think probably what's been toughest for me, especially in my 20s and 30s, was just feeling different as a woman mm. in leadership. Um, You know, being the only woman in a room of men, um, that's probably been the biggest challenge for me. I remember in my 20s, I hosted, I was the host at our church of a a networking lunch for youth leaders, and there were 10, 15 youth leaders in the room. I was the Mm -hmm. only woman. And I felt so uncomfortable, like I went into our church kitchen and hung out and talked to one of our maintenance men uh, for a large chunk of the lunch. And here I was the one hosting it, but I I, I felt different and that made me feel insecure. I remember also in my twenties and thirties when I was on pastoral team at a church with about eight, 10 pastors, I was the only woman. And on uh, Mondays when we would have pastoral staff meetings, we'd go out to lunch also. And I remember I wouldn't wear a skirt on those days because Mm. like, as we got into cars and et cetera, I I wanted to be as much like everybody else as possible. Mm. So I think even in the midst of a really nurturing environment or nurturing environments, I've been in my whole ministry career, it's been the feeling of being different. That's probably Mm. been my biggest struggle to work through.
0: Interesting. What about the, what about you, Jen? What, Talk to us about your experience.
3: I would say overall, it's been a really positive experience being a woman in ministry. Um, I say overall, because I have had some frustrating experiences. I think we can probably all come to the table and say that those have maybe happened to us at one point or another, Mm -hmm. but I would probably agree with Kara in saying that um, even though overall, it's been positive, I've never had any female supervisors. And I was thinking about that as you were just saying that and thinking, wow, like, That would be so different in my world Mm -hmm. if that had happened to me. Um, But realistically, I do think that it's different being a woman in ministry. There are different expectations and different understandings about what our roles look like. Um, Maybe different than our male counterparts. Yeah, Hannah, what about you? I've had like
1: a 50-50. It depends on where I've been serving. Um, It actually, to start out with, was not good for me when I first stepped into youth ministry Um, I was serving alongside a staff who I was more of the token female that they said they had to have on staff to say, hey, we're supportive of women in ministry. Um, But the actual like welcoming of the table or integration of that looked entirely different. Um, I wasn't invited to certain meetings. I was left out of like key conversations, Um, but yet I was expected to like show up to everything and still participate in the exact same way with limited information at that. Mm. Um, But at the same time, there were people who partnered with me um, that continued to speak words of affirmation of just even seeing my call and just being that support. They weren't my direct supervisors, but there are people outside of the church that continue to say, no, we see God's call on your life and we see the ways in which you're serving. Um, And just those words of affirmation were key for me. But um, currently I'm serving with a staff that has that welcoming voice of just key support and just seeing, and not just saying that I'm welcome, but actually providing space for that in ways that say, please like ask pastor Hannah to do this, or she has a voice, she can be heard. Um, and so it's a, it's, it's an entirely different role And somewhat, in some ways I'm like, okay, well, when's the shoe going to fall because of previous experiences in that. And so I'm trying to say, okay, God, I'm showing up in the here now, and I'm taking this and taking it one step at a time, knowing that yes, past experiences like that, but embracing where I'm at now and giving, giving, grace were needed in that process for both self and the other ones I'm serving with. Um, So I've had a mixed experience, but at the same time, it's also given me a sensitivity for those who are coming up behind me and the ways in Mm -hmm. which I need to provide space for them as a fellow female in ministry um, and ways that I can help um, maybe just even that camaraderie or shared experience is important Mm -hmm. too. So it's a mixed bag for me, but Mm -hmm. currently I can definitely see a difference right now.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like they're, there was both the opportunity that was made where space was made for you. And then maybe at the same time, discovering that you'd belong there yourself. Mm-hmm. Is that, am I hearing that right? That yes, I belong there. That's something that you had to got out of maybe convince you of, and then oh, other yeah. people will be convinced of by you. Oh, that it, sense?
1: But, oh, it does. And actually, um, I've never had a a female supervisor in a a formal ministry capacity. I've served in other areas. Um, I was on staff at the seminary for a while and I was served Mm. under leadership of a female, which Mm. was very important to what I was doing here. But until Mm. I got to seminary, I had actually never seen a female really preach or have a full leadership capacity Mm. in that. And um, I came to faith a little bit later in life when I was at university. So it was, it was new for me to experience that. But even now um, it's, it is, it's finding my own voice in that and giving, being given space to utilize that voice, not just saying, hey, you're on staff, this is great, but more of your voice is valued and then therefore knowing that worth within mm-hmm. myself. too. Solid.
0: Yeah. I'm curious, just in general, um, my wife asked me, what do you mean by we? Where are we on this issue? When I asked this question, mm-hmm. where are we on this issue? What does our report card look like? Where are we making progress? Where do we need to make improvement? Where, I, where might we need to do a little bit of demolition, right, to rebuild? When I ask that uh, to specify the we, let's say the church big C, right, just the larger mm-hmm. church, how are we doing? Because we're talking about women in ministry. Uh, so while we may not be able to hit every denomination, Carrie, you've got probably a, a, a meta, right, picture uh, <laughs> because of the just the amount of people that come to you um, seeking wisdom. I'm curious what where you'd put us as far as a report card.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm encouraged by uh, that there are more women in various leadership roles Mm -hmm. now. So, you know, Jay, and when you talk about the recent conference, that's 50-50 male-female, like we're hearing that more and more in national Mm -hmm. conferences, regional conferences. Um, which is very encouraging, which which gives all of us more role models. You know, when I was thinking God was calling me to youth ministry, I didn't know a, a woman in full time youth ministry for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And then when I met one, she was like two hours away. And and I mm-hmm. would drive a couple times a year, two hours just to have coffee mm-hmm. with her mm-hmm. and get exposure. Um, and so the good news is we don't have to look quite so far away generally mm-hmm. to find mm-hmm. a female role model. Where I'm hearing the biggest struggle is uh, for women to find actual jobs. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of churches um, that like, that are theoretically open to a woman in leadership, like on paper, open to that. But when it comes to hiring, especially for a a first chair role, um, Mm -hmm. the youth pastor, often churches are thinking, well, we'll hire a female for the associate youth pastor role, but have a male as the youth pastor role. And so I think that's that's one of the next big steps I'd like to see congregations take, is mm-hmm. to, to truly be as open to women as they are to men, as their theology allows, um, so that women can get jobs and have a sustainable ministry calling.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would echo that, sorry. Sorry, Jenna. Oh, I, would go
0: echo ahead. That yeah, I, I leaned towards some one of you guys on the screen and <laughs> yeah. nobody knows who I'm leaning towards because it's no, <laughs>
1: well I Well, I would echo what Kara shared because it it's true is it looks good on paper, but the actual execution of it is something mm. that it's good to talk about. But when you actually have to put it into practice, that's when people kind of seize up and they're like, oh, we thought we liked this idea. But implementing mm. that looks so different. Um, because there has to be a grace that comes from their part in realizing that there was an issue to begin with. And that now to fix that, there's somebody who has to say, hey, we weren't doing it quite right. How do Mm. we do it better? Um, And that better is a growing process too. And so, yeah, because when I even think about the district in our denomination that I'm serving on right now, um, it's the first time that there has been another, or two other full-time lead pastors other than myself that are women. And that's very rare to see on districts because it is usually an associate role or it's not even a true pastoral role. What I mean is it's a director level role, but the males will easily step in and they'll be like pastor so-and-so because they have had this sense of that's just what, how it's always been when we are as called and qualified as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I, I definitely see it as a growing process. We're Mm -hmm. still in the midst of that growing process. Okay.
3: Absolutely. But I think that there are also like massive, um, allies out there that Mm -hmm. are looking Mm -hmm. to hire women in ministry, but I have, I started a lot of, um, full-time ministry in the Southern States. And I noticed that even in our denomination, it was really, really hard to find people that were Mm -hmm. willing to -hmm. even consider that, um, as a thought we just, put out, um, a blog that was written by my current senior pastor. And one of the quotes from that was, I urge my fellow pastors to hire the best youth pastor they can find, Mm -hmm. don't have labels or stereotypes on them. And it's so Mm -hmm. refreshing to be able to hear senior pastors Mm -hmm. still speak into this, that this is important, that this is an issue that we should be talking about. So Mm -hmm. I love that this is a conversation.
0: It almost seems like sometimes in the places where decisions are made about who to hire, that. No one will actually vocalize, well, I'm not sure if a female pastor is going to work. And I'd almost rather them say that so that we can have that conversation instead of just vote in a different way because of something Mm -hmm. that's unsaid in the room. I I love, that's part of why I love this this opportunity is to open up. And I think Jen hits on something that in the South, we sometimes shy away from awkward conversations because we're too polite to actually Mm -hmm. say yes or no, or I'm not sure I'm, I'm in agreement with that. I would it seems like I not I'm it, it's interesting. I think I'm the only one who's had I've been in a church where a female was my direct report and the lead mm-hmm. pastor, lead preaching pastor. Uh, it was actually mm-hmm. a husband and wife uh, combo. They co-pastored. He was more the uh, discipleship and administrative, and she was the primary teaching pastor mm-hmm. and over all the ministry heads, which was really, really cool. She was. 10 years younger than me and the first female lead I had and probably one of the best pastors I've ever served under. Um, but that didn't come for her very easily either. And Mm -hmm. a lot of conversations had to be had before she could get there honest. And she had, she had to push the conversation, which is Mm -hmm. interesting that, that in order to be, um, honest, she had to be assertive in asking Mm -hmm. for the truth from the other side of the table. Where are you? Are you really, um, I think allowing people to engage in that gives us a place to start. Because if you don't know where you're starting from, you can't ever get where you're going, right?
3: Absolutely. I think we also have to give females a chance. Um, I would say that (laughs) probably for even those of us sitting in this room, we have a lot of ministry experience and probably Mm -hmm. would not have been given the opportunities that we have now if we had Mm -hmm. not gotten the degrees that we have and the experience (laughs) that we have. Um, And so even those of you that are listening, where can we start? Um, maybe just give young females a chance
0: in mm-hmm. ministry. Yeah.
3: Just let them go and see what see what God can do.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. So this is a this is an interesting question. I ran this this next one by a, a mentor of mine. She was uh, the first female youth pastor I'd ever heard of. Um, she came in my senior year, and I didn't like her at first because my longtime senior pastor or youth pastor had left. <laughs> And so I was like, you're going to bring in a new person and it's a woman. I can't, what is, and I was one to burn the place down. But she has turned into one of my longtime mentors. She's one of the first people I call. And I said, you know, I I want to ask you guys, how does being a pastor influence how you are as a wife or a mom? Uh, Do you find that people perceive being a wife and a mom as a liability? And I was like, you know, I would never ask a man that, that question. (laughs) I would never ask that. How, How does being a pastor influence you as a dad or as a, as a, a husband, uh, let me actually, just one, one other thing. into that. How does tell me how you feel about that question? Is that fair?
1: It's one fair. thing that I would add to it, though. Too is I don't actually fall in either of those categories because I'm not a mom or a wife. Mm-hmm. I'm single as a female youth pastor, which mm-hmm. provides a different level of what questions people ask me. Like even in the hiring ah. process here. Um, The youth group I currently have the opportunity to lead is actually really heavily weighted towards more male students. It's almost like a 60-40 split-ish for us, which is just different. Um, But one of the board members here actually asked me, they're like, you're a woman. How could you ever pastor the boys? Because we have so many in the youth group. Like this was in my board interview here, which luckily enough, like, the lead pastor spoke up and was like, you would never, never. ask a man that Never if it was ask a the guy, other way.
0: Are you going to be able to pastor the women in our ministry? Never.
1: Yeah. So honestly, I have gotten that, but I've gotten it. So just to speak in, cause that wasn't even part of that question of the single nature of yeah. being a female youth pastor in that. Um, and what I said is I said, I would shepherd them the same way I would um, the women, like the girls that are in the youth group too. And so it it is funny how people have freedom to ask women uh, interesting uh-huh. questions that they would never ask men. Single or married.
0: I, I want to qualify that before I just put it out there as though it were a benign question because there's mm-hmm. it is loaded. I, and I want to mm-hmm. I wanna maybe unload it a little bit mm-hmm. and ask you guys first, is that a fair question? Um not just for me to ask, but for anyone to ask. I
2: I have two thoughts. Number one, I think where it most bothers me um when questions like that are raised is in job interviews when we Mm -hmm. ask questions of women that honestly, we probably can't even legally be asking, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Mm -hmm. like, you know, somewhat happened to you, Hannah, as you were talking about your situation. So I would Mm -hmm. say that's where it, it, I find it most egregious in a context like this JM, I really appreciate how you Mm -hmm. handled it because, because I think there is a reality that most women have, different household roles when they're married right. and parenting than mm-hmm. most men and mm-hmm. so that's a reality i want us to talk about but then i appreciate that you asked the question and said i'll acknowledge i wouldn't ever ask that mm-hmm. of a man so mm-hmm. so i mm-hmm. i think you handled that really really well in this kind of a context where we're processing trying to learn from each other etc
0: yeah and mm-hmm. so for me it's a little different because my wife has been full time she has a therapist and she's been holding up mm. our our family financially where I've been part-time with our newly acquired uh, son and so and through COVID that was that was mm-hmm. my role I was dad so she said you know when I'm when I'm at work um, sometimes people think at work women are thinking about does he have lunch does he have the you know what if he falls in the playground and and, and I think about those things now like I I'm the lunchmaker I'm the guy who gets him ready and I'm the one who meets him at the bus and so I have, I, I feel like maybe a different perspective than mm-hmm. than most guys my age, but I think the more men that, that spend time doing that, they, they get that, that it's not, you can't compartmentalize that easily. And if you do, you're, you're missing out on some things and you're kind of abandoning the person that, that's sharing the load with you, whether that's, you know, uh, friendships are the same way Ooh. or families are the same way. So, Yeah. Uh, Jen, uh, this one was really kind of geared towards you. You were supposed to get the first bite, but we've kind of all jumped on it. What do you think?
3: Hey, that's okay. You asked how this question made us feel initially. And this question just really like gives me some anxiety to answer. I think we (laughs) talked about that ahead of time. Um, My husband actually just walked by as we were chatting because he's taking care of our daughter today. And Mm. so we share that load, first of all, like if I can Mm -hmm. say that, um, Just talking about traditional gender roles in the church and everything, we share that. And that's made some churches that I've worked at uncomfortable. Um, Mm -hmm. But realistically, that's that's how it looks for a lot of women in ministry is to share that load. So setting boundaries became way more important to me Mm -hmm. when I became a parent. Um when it was just my husband and I on Friday night, if I went to a basketball game and I was gone for six hours because I went start to finish and then took a teen out for ice cream and did the whole thing, um, it didn't matter as much, you know, because yeah. Saturday we had all day to ourselves. But now at this point as a parent, it it just looks mm. different. Like I set yeah. different boundaries. Um, I have different office hours. I'm not working all hours of the night anymore. Um, but being a pastor realistically didn't change my role yeah. in students' <laughs> lives what I do, um, day-to-day basis. I may not show up for six hours on Friday night for a basketball game, but I'll still be there for an hour. It just looks a little bit different what I do. Um, but truly that pastoral role in people's lives, it didn't change. Mm. Not at all. So I've also had experiences where being a wife and a mom was threatening to churches, um, most specifically recently. And that was very, very, very hard for me. And what I would say Mm. to people, um, First of all is to treat women and men as whole people. We are multifaceted. We have different interests. We have, JM, you just said you're a husband, you're a dad, and I'm sure you wear other hats Mm -hmm. as well. Everyone wears different hats. We do not want to be defined by just one thing. So the fact that people assume that as a mom, I cannot be a pastor is not true. Um, I wear different hats in all sorts of parts of my lives, and we are whole people and we want to be treated as such. But then also, if you're interviewing somewhere, be really, really, really careful to ask these questions in an interview. Mm -hmm. Because... While people might say that they're friendly to females as pastors, there's a lot of churches, even in our denomination, that don't have maternity leave packages. Um, they, they say that they are friendly to women in ministry, but maybe their policies are a little bit different. Um, here at my church, one thing that We loved when we came to interviews, we brought our daughter and during the day that we sat in on a staff meeting, there was somebody here in the church building taking care of staff kids because that is so important Mm -hmm. to people here. Mm -hmm. Um, Look for a culture that is accepting of that because they exist.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Man, any more thoughts on that? That one one took off. I love that. Um, Let's see. Okay. Now, here's the question I think that's important as we're rolling on this is how do we invite people into this conversation who want to engage, right? But aren't sure how, like they're maybe on a church board or, or they're even in a culture that isn't, it, it, it's either maybe just need some tweaking. Now, there's some cultures that are toxic and, and sometimes I would say, you know, pray through and make sure that that's where God's called you. And if, if that's where he's called you, then fight the good fight. But there are some that are close, but just need a, a, maybe a, a catalyst for the conversation. How do we invite them in and honestly have a conversation with them. Hannah, why don't you take that?
1: I think we've kind of mentioned it briefly, even just now of being assertive, but also allowing their answers, maybe not the ones that like they're asking the questions or they want to be more including of women in ministry and being Mm -hmm. able to see them, but they just haven't had that experience. And so for that, we may be for some of the first females that they see in those roles and allowing them to, ask the questions and to be able to like have that hospitable conversation is gonna be important because for them, if they're already asking it, they already acknowledge that something was missing Mm -hmm. there and that Mm -hmm. they want to do something different But for them um, and for in my own life, when those conversations have come up is allow them to serve or like see how you serve. Mm. So invite them into that space, because no matter how many times we have conversations until they actually see the way that we lead and the giftings that we do have, they're just going to be conversations. And so if you have a leader or if you have somebody who is even questioning, yeah, maybe you have to go ask them, hey, what do you think of my role here? Or how how are how are you um, like? seeing what's going on differently and then inviting Mm. them to say, Hey, come check this out because what giftings you have matches what we're also doing in ministry, but then they get a partner with you in that, which is a different Mm. type of conversation. Um, but in that knowing that they may not do that well. And so being gracious Mm. with them and being patient too, I think is important. Um, it's not going to ever be perfect, but if you guys can work through that together and that um, space is created then those conversations naturally happen when they're serving alongside with you, um, rather than just being talk.
0: Mm, that's good. Yeah. So. Ladies, any, any more to add to that? How, how do we invite them in? Are there words, are there particular ways that we can kind of on-ramp them into a conversation and just help them get in? Maybe they just don't know how to get in.
3: I love that you just said be a, a role model. Um, that's super hard to do, especially if you feel like you've been burned in a ministry role or two, it can be really hard to be the person, um, who is gracious. And I love that you said that because it's still a role, um, that I think that we have as women to be gracious to one mm-hmm. another. Um, not only just as women, but as Christ followers, right? Like this is yeah. exactly what God says for us to do to one another, like to be able to have tough conversations and be able to lead, um, our peers well. And so just, mm-hmm. just, I think is huge. Thank you for saying that.
0: Mm-hmm. I think maybe too, like uh, uh, being on this side of the conversation, uh, being one who has been educated um, mm. and, and, and sometimes the hard way and sometimes the result of want to, sometimes you don't, they don't have the language. Uh, my three, my four-year-old mm-hmm. sometimes asks me questions and he's trying to tell me he's asking me, but he doesn't know the words to describe the question that he has. So maybe providing for them the language, even as they're asking, say, you know, Art, what was done for me was, are you asking me this because it sounds that way? But maybe mm-hmm. the way you're asking it, I don't know if you're. I can't really tell. Is this what you're asking me? And they would lay out the the language for me, and I, and it was relieving in that we now had, we were partners in trying to communicate instead of me just feeling like I'm I want to help and I want to understand, yeah. but I don't know how to ask the question without being offensive because I'm either new at this or ignorant or simply not in touch. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that the idea you guys have talked about that, that al- allowing to be gracious and helping them um, in that way, providing the language, I think for them sometimes, mm-hmm. those who want to engage, but aren't sure how.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I will say building on what you've just said, Jan, which I think is great is I have found one, two word phrase very helpful when I'm in dialogue with anyone. Who I think is seeing something differently than I am, and that is, I'm curious.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: I'm curious how you see, you know, whatever it might be, or I'm curious because I feel like you've said this today, but you said something yeah. else a week ago. Like the I'm curious, I found is a great on-ramp to yeah. have to, to graciously, as as Hannah Well said, to graciously uh point out questions you might have, inconsistencies you're hearing, etc.
0: Yeah. And I think sometimes the inconsistencies, uh, they reveal some subtle things that are behind that that people mm-hmm. don't even know that they're thinking that leads us great perfectly in our next question. Because there are sometimes things that churches do or youth groups do that they may not realize are subtle signals, right? To a lack of openness to women in ministry. They don't know what they don't know. And so what they're doing is not, they're not saying we don't want you here, but they're also not saying we want to include you. What are some of those mm-hmm. things that you've come in contact with or that you're aware of, Kara?
2: Yeah. So I, I, I'm, I think we all have biases that we're, uh, that aren't, we're not even conscious of. <laughs> right. and, and I will, in a spirit of vulnerability, I'll share one that I realized I had three days ago. So my husband and I were at our college son's volleyball tournament um, and he plays club volleyball in college and it's been perfect for him because of COVID we haven't gotten to see him play much. So we saw him last week. It was first time in two years we've gotten to see him play. Uh, My high school daughter also plays volleyball and I see her and cheer her on, you know, once a month and then during the school season twice a week. (laughs) Um, And... I I was cheering for my son's team this past weekend and I was yelling the same phrase over and over again. And I looked at my husband and I said, Oh my gosh, Dave, I never yell this phrase toward Jessica's team, but I cheer it for Nathan's team. Mm -hmm. And the phrase was this be tough, be tough. Mm -hmm. And I thought, Oh my goodness, I am yelling this at a group of males and I have not once yelled that Mm -hmm. same cheer. For my okay. daughter. It was so convicting for me. And you know, I'm you I'm very egalitarian. I'm pretty mm. mindful of my language. And yet, just three mm. days ago, I realized that I was being sexist in what mm. I was cheering. Wow. So um so Deep. I man, that's uh,
0: in there, don't totally they? Totally. It sneaks
2: <laughs> in there. And so so I think. For us to be mindful of language we use. And, it, you know, mm-hmm. I think in youth ministry, it's a lot of the little things like, okay, huh. let's get some guys to come unload the bus. Mm. And there's all sorts of females standing around too mm-hmm. who are just as capable of moving luggage and sleeping bags. Um, or, you know, we need some volunteers in children's ministry. So, girls, I know you love. And all of a sudden, like these Ooh, yeah. assumptions we make mm-hmm. about who's going to volunteer, who's going to help, mm. um, and you know, I think it, a for us to be mindful, b for us to invite others to speak into our language, and so mm-hmm. I would say, especially for males listening, um, I hope there's a female in your ministry orbit who you can say, "Hey, I I want to be." I want to be so honoring and empowering to women and men, girls and guys. And so if you hear me saying something that, that somehow Mm -hmm. feels like it's not empowering to one gender or the other, then please Mm -hmm. speak up. And it could be a man who helps you with that too. Like, so, so I would say for Mm -hmm. us to really ask for that kind of feedback, um and to create an environment where people would feel comfortable saying oh you know what Kara you cheered be tough for the boys team oh. but you didn't cheer it for the girls team mm. which mm-hmm. I realized myself but you know I want I want mm. to be surrounded by friends and colleagues who can speak to me like that um and and speak great. the truth and love which I need to hear
0: mm, mm-hmm. that's good what about you Jen what what do you think um, what are some things that that that's really great Kara um
3: yeah that's really I'm, I'm good. I'm going love- pondering
0: all the language I use with my son all day now. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. That's, that's so true.
3: I love that you talked about um, creating an environment where feedback can happen. Um, mm. I would love to see people get ahead of this and not just wait until, oops, I said something wrong yeah. from mm. the pulpit. Yeah. I probably need some feedback. But what would it look like if pastors across the country or youth pastors right now would say ah. like, Hey, I actually just want women to speak into what I have to say. And you start a little group as you prepare your sermons or your lessons, or Mm -hmm. um, even the curriculum that you choose, make sure that there are women and men Mm -hmm. speaking into it from different walks of life. I love that Hannah, you've talked about like being single in ministry and some of us have kids in ministry already. And like, it just, there are so many different perspectives from so many different walks of life. You should get feedback now. Don't wait until Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. say something silly, or you find out, oops, I have a bias that I didn't know. Do it now. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, and man, when I sit, so before I never listened to what the children's ministry things were, I I had had no concern with that because I was in teenagers and I didn't have any kids and I just didn't care. I pay attention now. Like when I go to other plate people's churches, I grab their children's ministry stuff and I listen to how they talk about children from the pulpit. Mm -hmm. And so as I'm sure as a female, if, if I had a pastor who was informed and getting the feedback you guys had, there are ways of saying things that in the congregation you can pick up on mm-hmm. about what their mindset is. Not just what their heart is and do they love Jesus and all those things, but those are the subtle things that maybe we aren't thinking about that, that when you hear those particular words or the way the phrasing is, that it is inclusive and that it is you know, just aware at all of that there's mm-hmm. not just men sitting out in front of me and not, not that there's not just men, but there are powerful females sitting out in front of me that I need to mm-hmm. speak into as well. You can hear the words that are coming from the pulpit and you can, I, I think, especially if you've been burned, you pick up on what they're saying and kind of like when people say, you know what I mean? You know what they mean when they say, you know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I'll, you I'll, think? Oh, I'll, go ahead, Karen. I'll
2: just add one thing that Always strikes me <laughs> is I, I feel like in our culture we assume the male and quickly add the female. Right? So yeah. you know he or she. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of our catch. I, I I'm not great at this myself, but I really appreciate it when others say she or he. Like to actually mm-hmm. lead with the hypothetical female in an example. Um, I, I think speaks volumes in our culture because we usually start with the male and then quick, mm-hmm. quickly try to add the female.
0: And I'm a hundred percent going to steal that. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah, what do you think?
1: No, one of those things that I got to thinking is everything that the ladies have already said is just words are powerful. Um, mm-hmm. And when we hear them and just feedback and being receptive to it. But one of the other things that um, I've experienced in churches before is that you're on pastoral staff, but you're not seen from the pulpit. Ever And mm-hmm. so there's a sense that you're the youth pastor, therefore you're only equipped and qualified to lead the youth, but you don't speak into overall culture of the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I'll speak, that's not what I've experienced here. Actually, from day one, when I started, our mm-hmm. lead pastor here is very much of, hey, I, I he is the leader, but there's also shared pulpit time because it's like, it's not just me leading, it's us leading as our pastoral staff for mm-hmm. the entire church, um, which is just Providing space for us to share that, not just saying, "Well, you uh-huh. just stay in youth lane." No, this is how we minister to the entire church, um, and then being receptive to um like that feedback. So I, I, there was a situation here, which we're just, just talking language from up front. Um, one of the other pastors said all the other pastors' names that were male, but when they got to my name, they did not put "pastor" ahead of it. It was mm-hmm. Hannah came out, okay. and mm-hmm. afterwards, like I sat in the congregation as I heard it that day, and there was like that that twinge in like yeah. my chest of just like, ooh, I don't think they they subconsciously probably didn't even realize what they were doing. But what that kind of shared with the group is, well, here are the pastors and then here is Hannah, even mm. though I am, I am pastoral and I am equipped to be here. And I have the education to be here, just that simple phraseology. Um, but what I so respected, and I don't always do well to advocate for myself, but in my next meeting with the individual, um, I said, Hey, I don't, I'm not sure you realize this, but this is, this is what I experienced when I heard what you said on Sunday morning. Um, and they said, Oh, we didn't even realize we didn't, didn't say that. But mm-hmm. each time now they they are very respectful to say, pastor Hannah. And like, even just that small mm. phrase to provide that level of leadership there. Um, so it's not feedback we are just receiving, but it's also helping be that assertive. Once again, yeah. we've used that word, um, to share when we see it and don't just like brush it under the rug because then nothing will change in that manner either. Um, and it's not perfect. And they have come back, uh, and apologize because they, they never wanted me to feel that way because they're like, I... we see, and we validate your place in ministry and we want your voice here. Um, mm. And so it's, it's, that's been an interesting one because we're quick to say pastor and usually a male's right, name, right. but very often we don't usually use pastor in a female's name.
0: So yeah, and that's, um, that really is a good, one of those subtle cues that mm-hmm. people in the congregation, they pick up on and girls mm-hmm. who are called the youth ministry or pastoral ministry, whatever ministry in your mm-hmm. ministry, hear that they yes. hear that mm-hmm. there's another level right below. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. You can't see with my hands, I'm doing kind of the top and then below, but none mm-hmm. of you can see that because. Um, on Zoom, um, but that there's a secondary tier of females who are in ministry as far as their leadership um, chops, like whether or not mm-hmm. they've earned a right to be mm-hmm. spoken uh, their word, their name even spoken in that top level. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, when they are, that says something, right? That and yeah. that they're even alongside the other that hey, We mm-hmm. we see them as equal partners in ministry, mm-hmm. um, and which gets us into the next question: What are some ways that churches can say hey we believe in you to women in ministry we we want to not just include you but we want to i guess maybe just set the bar as one across the the, the line that there's there's one level of leadership uh, mm-hmm. it's not female or male how do we say that
3: first of all you can hire them and pay them on the same pay scale that you would pay a man mm-hmm. any man
0: Amen. Um, mm-hmm.
3: I also thought of something as we were wrapping up that last conversation um, that also leans into this. Um, but if your females in your church are only leading in women's ministry, yeah. that's the only place that they ever get to lead, then there is a culture issue. So my mm-hmm. next thing is just w- let women lead across the board, mm-hmm. um, not just as missions presidents or as children's directors or in women's ministry, but man, find creative ways to let women lead and then also don't suggest that we can't um Mm. i helped at a a wedding a couple of months ago and there was a nice man there from a different um denomination that was actually leading the wedding and my role in the wedding was to officiate communion and the amount of times that he asked me if i knew how to officiate communion (laughs) Oh man, just really made my blood boil. And I really like mm-hmm. I wanted to get out my credentials and just show him the list of degrees that I have and my credentials and just don't suggest mm-hmm. that we can't. We come qualified mm-hmm. and equipped and blessed by the Lord and and don't mm-hmm. assume we can't.
0: Man, you are so gracious to not have fun with that guy. I would have had like oh wait, is it <laughs> you mean we can't use meat? And I mean <laughs> I've got I've got grain and meat. Can we use those? Mm-hmm. That that there's the Bread, I guess, maybe. Should I go mm-hmm. to Burger King and, and <laughs> does it have to have cheese on it? So wait, what grape juice? I didn't bring any of that.
2: I did not do that. Mm. That's I funny, Jen. You know, that. you know what I'm always struck by when I mm. the number of times when I show up at another church, it doesn't have so much at conferences, but at another church and I'm a female mm. speaking. When the sound guy hands me the mic pack, or I should say sound person, Mm -hmm. when the sound person Mm -hmm. hands me the mic pack and says, do you know how to put this on? Um, In a way that they would not say that to a man. And and I just, yeah, I've done this a few times. (laughs) So so I think there, there's just Mm -hmm. some assumptions. And look Mm -hmm. what I I said, sound guy, like I, my own language right there was not what I Mm -hmm. wanted to be. So so we need to be aware and be quick to change and help others change all in a spirit of grace. So mm-hmm.
0: as we are changing ourselves. Yes. So, okay, back to, so you tagged on to that last question, but what are the ways, and you've already started, I think part of it, Hannah, um, and you said, hire them and, and pay them as you would a man. And let me just say loud and clear, I can't believe that that's even a thing. I can't, I know it is. And in our, in mm-hmm. in in the church, I can't believe, It is difficult for me to to just not burn things down when I hear that. Um, So if you're a man out there and that's something that happens anywhere near you, speak up, like Mm -hmm. say something, say a lot of things, many, many things. If you're in the zip code where that happens, that's wrong. That's not Mm -hmm. negotiable, that is wrong. So pay them as you would, empower them as you would, assume that they know how to lead what else, what else can we do that to tell them, Hey, we believe in you.
2: Well, if I can speak to youth leaders and uh, mm. younger women and they're say teens mm. or twenties, or um, my own story is I ran for student body, president of my high school in 11th grade and lost. And at that mm. point, my youth pastor said, Hey, I think God's maybe calling you to youth ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, he saw, he and his wife saw leadership potential in me. Uh, I was on my way to go be an attorney, both my parents are attorneys, but mm-hmm. I started volunteering in the church as a 12th grader. And the first mm-hmm. thing I did was I cleaned the youth kitchen. Mm-hmm. And and then mm-hmm. I I did our weekly bulletin with clip art books. If y'all remember <laughs> clip art books, a lot of white out, you know, mm-hmm. a, a oh, Xerox man. machine to make it bigger and smaller, <laughs> like that sort of stuff. I can those smell those my,
0: things as you're talking about them. Exactly. <laughs> Can't yeah. you? Yeah. I can still Industrial. smell the youth
2: kitchen I cleaned out. I'll tell you that. Cool. So, um, but those were the first things that I did because my youth pastor and his wife saw leadership potential mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. me. Like I mm-hmm. don't think I would mm-hmm. be doing what I do if it wasn't for this youth pastor who is mm-hmm. retiring this weekend, by the way. And so I get mm-hmm. to go to Aww. his retirement Aww. party, which I'm really excited about. Um, but you know i would say to youth pastors as you see amazing leadership potential in females Mm -hmm. uh you know teenage 20-somethings how can you give them a next step how can you connect them with a mentor how can you help them develop their gifts how can you help them get a little bit training whether or not they're called to to ministry or whether they're Mm -hmm. called to be the world's best marketplace leader or architect or attorney or stay-at-home parent or whatever it Mm -hmm. might be Like, you know, you youth leader, we as I'll say we as youth leaders, we Mm -hmm. were really intervening in a critical time when Mm -hmm. young people need mentors and encouragement. And so Mm -hmm. I'd encourage us all to keep our eyes out for these sharp, sharp young women who we can Mm -hmm. invest in and help others invest in.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. My wife describes that as calling out the greatness in them, that Mm -hmm. you see it, that you Mm -hmm. speak it, that there is something in you and I see it Um, Mm -hmm. because I think most of us don't we think it's there, but having someone that we we believe in, and authority, mm-hmm. to speak <laughs> that into us, man, I don't know about you, but I would, I tackle it, and it sounds like Carrie, you, it kind of worked on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess it probably worked on all of us that we mm-hmm. took hold of that, and it it yeah. took root inside of us. So that's great. Speaking it first, like telling them, yeah, you can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think another way
3: too awkward. is to provide female role models. If that's not you then that's totally fine. But maybe find somebody to be female mm-hmm. role models. And you said find them in a mentoring capacity. But I think even like, I did not see a female pastor until I was in in college. So mm-hmm. wow. find those people to speak at youth camp to be mentors, anyone, mm-hmm. everyone that you can put in front of them as female role models, I think is great.
2: Yeah, yep. grab coffee together. Just yep. to have a thirty-minute conversation. That's so meaningful for a fifteen-year-old to get time with a sharp woman, woman in
0: leadership. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so we've covered. Them. What would you tell youth pastor who wants to help female students? Uh, we said call out the greatness. Um, find ways for them to serve, develop their skills, uh, get in touch with a mentor, um, not just right full-time ministry, but gifted leaders mm-hmm. who are around mm-hmm. them in other fields. Um, and obviously, listening to this podcast and reading everything that Dr. Powell has ever written, um, all those things would be helpful too. Um, mm-hmm. l- last question, and we've only got a few minutes. Um, what would you say to the women in ministry who are listening right now who are struggling with their identity or finding subtle, perhaps, resistance uh, to their role as women in ministry? Give me 30 seconds on that, girls.
1: I, w- I would say know your why, like know mm. who's called you, know what you're doing. Even for me, that moment, I, I remember specifically when I, I embrace that call and that's my why. It's like when the regardless of the difficult conversations I've had or people saying I can't, um, that why has sustained me in all of those difficult moments. Mm-hmm. But it's also because I've been surrounded by people who say, hey, remember this. And like they help me remember when it gets difficult too, because mm-hmm. I've shared that with them. Um, but holding on to that why and then surrounding yourself with people um, that can continue to affirm your identity as a pastor and your calling. Mm-hmm as a pastor
0: in that
3: too solid. Absolutely. I love that. I love, um, surrounding yourself with people. There are people that believe in you. There are people that Mm -hmm. are praying for you lean into them. There's always going to be negative voices and man, Mm -hmm. I've had some tough spots in ministry. So if that's where you're sitting, I totally get it. And I'm Mm -hmm. praying for you. Um, Mm -hmm. but there are people out there that care for you and that believe in your call and that believe that you have the gifts and graces to lead lean into them um, listen to their voices and not the voices that are frustrating Mm -hmm. or negative to you. Um, Mm -hmm. we believe in you.
0: All right, Karen, last word. What would you say to us?
2: So I pray 10 prayers for myself every day. Um, Mm. and one of those prayers is what comes to mind is I want myself, I, I need to know that Jesus makes me enough. That in a world where I can feel insecure and inadequate, Jesus makes me enough. And Mm -hmm. that's what I want every follower of Jesus to know, and every leader Mm -hmm. and every woman in leadership. uh, Jesus makes you enough. In fact, Jesus makes us more than enough. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, ladies, I'm so grateful for this conversation. And uh, I just want to thank you, Dr. Powell, Kara, um, uh, Hannah, and Jen. Thank you so much for being part of this. Um, This is a conversation that's ongoing. We'll continue. If you want to hear more, Uh, or read more, uh, you can go to uh, nyiconnect.com for all the different blogs and things that are on it. Uh, You can catch uh, the article written by Jen's pastor on how to hire women and why to hire women. Uh, Mm -hmm. For more uh, about this episode and more about that, again, go to nyiconnect.com. Again, thanks to our guests. Comment on this. If you are out there listening, we'd love to know that you're there and let us know what else you'd love to hear from us. Uh, Until next time, we believe in you. Thanks for listening. Say bye, guys.
3: Bye. 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 <laughs>